It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Jazz down by one, 102-101, Favors, free throw line jumper off a netto give is good, and Derek Favors with 11 fourth quarter points tonight has given the Jazz a 103-102 lead. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of October, back from a win over the Phoenix Suns, who just aren't very good. Dante is just fine. Rudy was terrific. We'll break down all that, plus look at some interesting things out of Minnesota and Tom Thibodeau. A few other notes from the games that took place last night, and take your questions on a Facebook Live Thursday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Glad to have you with us, as we will every Thursday. We'll Facebook Live and allow you to interact with the show. Uh, so like us on Facebook under probably the David Locke account. I may merge the the two David Locke as well as the uh, Locked on J- Sports account, just to make everything easier for everybody. Uh, but so we're up and rolling on that today. That'll allow you to interact with the show a little bit more. We like to do that every Thursday and really turn it into your questions is the primary part of the show. So we'll hit some of the hot topics um, for you there, and then we'll go to that. So please, uh, as Jason Lewis says, hey, what's up, David? Um, Please jump aboard, send in your questions. I'll get to them, uh, and we'll do it. And so I will also... uh, let people know that we are live on Facebook Live for Locked on Jazz so people can jump in. So let's get right to it. Uh, remember Travion Graham? Does anybody remember him? He was on the Jazz roster a few years ago. So on the Locked on Podcast Network, the guys out of uh, Charlotte have done an interview with him. So if you're interested uh, in grabbing that, you're welcome to uh, jump aboard and catch that along the network. Kevin Pelton and I did a Locked On NBA show uh, this week as well. So make sure you, uh, if you haven't already listened to that, it's got a lot of really interesting uh, pieces along with it. So make sure you grab that. So those are those are kind of the things that are out there. Today's show is brought to you on Thursdays by Shamrock Auto Group. They bring you the Facebook Live Thursday uh, edition out in Pleasant Grove. Rob Taylor and his crew. Uh, if you're looking to buy a car or know someone who is, they are the number one a uh, place for you to find the best cars out Pleasant Grove, Alpine, American Fork. Great area. They're in Pleasant Grove. Uh, generally uh, working with uh, newly used cars and getting you fabulous prices with super customer service. So go ahead and grab Shamrock. And then our good friends, our big data, our big data good friends, our numbers guys at Sherlock Intelligence bringing you uh, today's show. For those of you who are new to the program, we like to open up with something fun. We call it Pins Across the World. It's your chance to share with us where uh, you are and listening to the show since you can do it whenever you want and however you want. And 
uh, how you became a Jazz fan. So email me if you have a story you want to share at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. I've got a, a, a great list of these. They've been really, really fun. And so sometimes I go for old ones. Sometimes I go for new ones. Today is an old one from December 3rd. Uh, of last year, this was sent in. I'm a lifelong jazz fan. I want to say thank you. I currently live in Amman, Idaho, listening every day with a Diet Pepsi and a number 10 Hunters Club from Jimmy John's. Uh, I've been listening since the beginning. I got hooked on the radio with Larry H. With Larry H. Miller and the Fab Five when living in Clinton, Utah, I relocated to Phoenix, Arizona, was able to stay connected through the podcast and many, many interviews. I may be the only guy every day manually downloads uh, Locked on Jazz and postcast with Booner since I've never found an app that meets my needs. This year I missed the Get to Know Your Player podcast. They're always so cool to me. The players really seem to open up to your insightful questions and create a much more personal connection with the players. You know what? That's a good reminder that I need to put the rest of those up this year. I have some more of those. If you ever have a chance to bring it back, it would be amazing. Great. Well, you know what, Sean? Since you asked, I will probably do exactly that. Uh, that's a Thank you very much. Uh, Thursday will be in town for the most important reason. My son uh, crew will be at primary oh, hospital. He's being monitored for brain abnormality. Whether we get good or bad news, uh, we plan on attending that game. Well, Sean, if we're going to leave that out there, I certainly need you to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com so we can update the rest of our Locked on Jazz family on what the story is there. We certainly hope that you have good news uh, to share with us. Uh, from that in the past. So uh, please do. That's Sean Holland, and we're certainly thinking the best for your son uh, and hope that uh, hope the crew's doing doing well. Uh, that's, that's scary stuff. So real-life stuff there, just sneaking into our happy little sports podcast uh, for a second. All right, let's jump into the tip-off story of the day. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the locked-on jazz uh, thing, and Jason Lewis says, great win last night. Eh, not really. Like, it's preseason game number two. I mean, I love the fact that you're fired up, but I, I thought last night, you know, it's good for these guys to get on the floor. It's good for these guys to uh, play against somebody other than themselves. But I, I thought Phoenix didn't put up much of a fight. Their pick-and-roll defense was pretty horrendous. Um, you know, I, they were probably a pretty good skeleton crew to run things against. Uh, I've learned a lot watching the preseason this year when I watch – uh, Joe Johnson, Boris Diaw, and George Hill go through it. George Hill was one of seven, and on the broadcast I said to uh, Ron Boone, I bet he makes his next three shots. And a little bit of what's going on at that point is you've got these guys that they're total pros, and they know that there's no value to this. They're competitive as all get out, and yet this doesn't really count. And so by definition, I think it's a very difficult game for them to play. And uh, – and they, you know, Boris is kind of floating through it. Joe is definitely floating through it. Um, if he's not, we have a problem because Joe doesn't look engaged at all. Um, and I don't blame him. And what I thought was funny with George Hill is he's one for seven. And it's like, okay, there's a fine line for all these guys where at one moment in time, it's one thing for them to be sitting there and deciding that they uh, that they don't really – you know, this isn't a game that's that important to them. And then on the other end, there's a moment where they're suddenly embarrassing themselves. And it's incredible what happens when these guys suddenly think they're embarrassing themselves. Because then they, you know, I said to Ron, like, George Hill's going to make his next three shots. And, and sure enough, he did. So just overall, I, I think, 
you know, this was an opportunity for this for the Jazz to get out on the floor, to be together. Um, certain guys are taking it with a little more pizzazz, and we'll discuss that with Rudy here in a second. Uh, and with Dante, uh, is fine. So that's, you know, that's the good news. But really, uh, I, I didn't take a lot from this game. Uh, I thought Gordon was kind of floating. Maybe he's learning how to be a veteran. Then he buried a few so he could mark it. Uh, there's just not a, you know, there's just not a huge amount of importance well, there's no importance to these games other than learning each other. And I thought that they, you know, they practiced a long time the day before, and I'm guessing that that practice had a lot of intensity to it as they came off the game in Portland realizing what they needed to do to get to know each other better. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. And and in turn, they get out there in that game, in that setting against a Phoenix team that's it's not very good. And I, I think they, you know, there's a little, eh, so we'll see. I mean, they play the Clippers coming up here on Monday, and then we come back home for Phoenix on Wednesday, playing another Monday and Wednesday. Preseason's going to get long here pretty soon. We're still, you know, it's the tw- we don't open until the 25th, so we've got 19 days till, and still we play a ba- basketball game. It counts 18 days until we get on a plane uh, to have something count. I think this is going to get really long. Uh, part two of this is that Dante did, uh, is fine. I talked to him afterwards. He said he's got no concerns. He just was all precautionary. I was like, are you sure? you have anything that worries you? He said no. Uh, so that seems all right. Rodney's got the hand issue. He got it caught on C.J. McCollum's jersey. Those are really, really scary. He said it happened last year uh, as well. Those can those can put you out for a while. He, he didn't seem uh, particularly bothered uh, by it. If you watched him warm up before the game, the few times he tried to throw a pass with that hand, it didn't look great. So we'll have to keep an eye on on what's going on there. Uh, last night, I thought uh, there was one or two times where we went to a lineup that had Joe and Gordon in the game. I thought it was interesting pregame that he started Dante Exum instead of Joe Johnson. Um, maybe to get Joe used to coming off the bench, maybe to not use Joe very much in the preseason and to, at 36 years old and to use Dante. But it would have been an opportunity ha- if Quinn was seriously considering starting Joe Johnson instead of uh, starting Rodney Hood for him to use that right there, and he didn't do it. So I thought that uh, I thought that was interesting. I'll jump into let's. Rudy's probably the big topic, but uh, let me take a moment and tell you about our sponsor today, Shamrock Auto Group. Uh, these are really cool guys. Uh, I've gotten to know all of them uh, pretty darn well from uh, just various phone calls and uh, talking to them and, and understanding their business model and 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 it's really cool because the they, maybe the most the coolest thing is how passionately Rob uh, believes in, in what they do. So if you're considering purchasing a car or truck in the next few weeks or you know someone, give Shamrock Auto Group a call. Uh, they'll save you money, get you a super nice vehicle, and they, and they really believe that they'll get you a, a quick and pleasant experience. Uh, 801-319-2250. It's shamrockautogroup.com. Uh, so the first thing is the salespeople, they, they pride themselves. There's no pressure. Make it helpful. Make it easy. And as I've talked about before, you know, that just shows uh, when you go look, if you go to their, their website or you go to, you know, Google, there's 53 reviews and they have a 4.8 rating. Uh, here, Justin put this just a week ago. It was a great experience. I looked uh, with no hassle, left and came back, made a deal, had the car looked over, was in great condition, bought the car. I want to say thanks to Jake for making it a great experience. My wife loves the GMC Yukon XL. I mean, they, they do specialize certainly in uh, the big kind of Utah County cars that have been uh, barely used and get you fabulous prices. Call Rob. The number I'm giving out, by the way, is Rob's cell phone. Rob's the owner. 801 319 Fifty. So, if you know somebody who is 
in the market for a car, let them know. Uh, Shamrock will give you the friends and family pricing if you mention uh, Locked On Jazz. He, he'll probably talk to you a little bit uh, about it as well. They're out in Pleasant Grove, Utah at 203 North, 2000 West. Uh, so make sure that you jump aboard and, and check them out. Um, you know, the, you just kind of run down their Google reviews and you get exactly who they are and what they're doing. Trisha Barlow says, one of the best car buying experiences we've ever had. Very friendly, great selection, no pressure, no hassling. That's who these guys are. They are going to give you one out-the-door pricing in five minutes. You can test drive by yourself. Buying experience in under an hour. Full service can do financing in-house. Extended warranties. Value-driven. Carfax and every report. It's what you want in a car experience. Shamrock Auto group give rob a call 801-319-2250 all right so rudy was terrific last night and i think there's three things uh three things that jump out there that i think are are that really kind of are highlighted to me about what's going on with rudy right now one of them is I think Rudy is this guy who finds an edge in every outing he possibly can find. The third one, by the way, is going to be the most important. And so for Rudy, what he's looking and what he's finding is uh, Alex Len is the fifth pick of the same draft that Rudy came in. And so he's, you know, he's still bitter that Alex Len went before him and got fifth pick money and Rudy got 27th pick money. And so Rudy goes out to face Alex Len, who he's just a lot better than, and Beats the hell out of him. I, I think that's the first part of what happened last night. Rudy came in with just a vigor. The second thing is that Rudy is fighting for a contract extension right now. I've said on the show a lot, I, I just think it's incredibly unlikely to get that deal done. I think the Jazz need still more data. Uh, there is some level where it's going to be very hard to sign everybody, and they probably need to know more. But more importantly than anything else, what really is the issue is, oh, I just paused the broadcast. How do I unpause? Ah, that's what happens when I try to do one too many things. Uh-oh. What just happened? I have screwed up Facebook Live because I was trying to read a text that I got. Multitasking, screwing things up. There is, that's, that's a mistake. So let me quickly put in part two. Please re-ask your questions. Uh, I screwed that up. Uh, this is a bummer because then I don't have your. Um, so part two comes. So uh, back to Rudy here. Apologize for those on Facebook Live who I just disconnected with. Uh, that's my fault. Oops. So the uh, the first thing on Rudy was just the matchup with Alex and Lenny Dominic. The second thing is the contract. And I, I do think it's very, very unlikely that Rudy gets a contract extension because, one, the cap space issue is so tremendously large uh, differential between what he holds on. the. It's about a $20 million cap hit to the Jazz to sign him early. I don't think there's any doubt the Jazz plan to sign him long-term, have him part of the family, have him part of the program. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt they're probably maxing him out. And so unless Rudy's going to take something less than the max, there's no real reason for the Jazz to do that uh, in, now uh, really is the, is the way that works. So we'll see what ends up happening uh, with that. But the fact is I think it's unlikely um, – I think it's unlikely that the Jazz get that deal done. I think Rudy's playing a little bit with that chip on his shoulder. Now, the most important 
thing that's going on here is I do think there was, the, you know, go bury Alex Len. I do think that there was that Rudy's playing right now with, hey, look how good I can be. The most important thing, I think, is is twofold. I think Rudy's fresher um, than he has been in the past uh, from the Olympic time and everything else. I think he, he's just a little bit fresher than he was. And two, I think that all the work with Boris Diaz really helping. I mentioned it on yesterday's program. Kristen Kenny, our sideline reporter, was talking about how Boris and Rudy were interacting at practice. And what you're seeing is Rudy's getting open a lot more than he ever has. I think he's really learning uh, – to be able to, you know, set a pick, open himself up to get the ball, and he's just getting a tremendous amount of more touches than he's ever received before. And that, to me, is where the big difference between who Rudy is uh, now and who Rudy was. And that's where he might, you know, I'm a huge believer that as much as we talk about DeAndre Jordan and Tyson Chandler and and Brandon Wright as non-offensive players because they don't have moves – if you have a guy that can dunk and just put the ball in at the rim at a high percentage, it's the most efficient play in the game. Those are good offensive players, and that's what the, uh, you know, that's what really you're hoping you can get from Rudy. And I think we really can. That I think that could burst our offense in to a different level. You know, everyone talks about spacing and this and that. Well, the Jazz were pretty good offensively when Rudy and Derek were on the floor last year. That's offensive rebound putback is the most efficient play in the game. And so the Jazz are able to get a good deal of uh, ex, you know, o- productive offensive play from Rudy with just simply rolling to the basket and dunking. I know it sounds kind of contrary to what we think about when we think about offensive players, but it, you know, even if you – and then, frankly, if he hits the free throws like he did last night, I don't mean to undersell that. That's incredible. But Rudy last night scored 21 points on seven shot attempts. And – now, you know, go take his his free throws. You know, he ends up using 21 points in 13 possessions last night. Well, that, I mean, when you talk about the pack rating, points above average created, that's insane. And that's where you go look at my top 10 offensive players on pack and with regularity of DeAndre Jordan up there, you have these players that are, are really high-level, you know, dunkers and people are like, well, they're not a very good offensive player. No, that's a really good offensive player and that matters in a huge way uh to how you're successful uh as a team otherwise last night just i thought gordon was fine i mean he's just kind of cruising uh through things trey lyles has just an easy ability to score i i really honestly i was taken away by how underwhelmed i was by phoenix so you know without jared dudley without tyson chandler uh that was a pretty young team uh that didn't have a lot all right let's go to some of the questions uh Jason Rainey said the first game Rudy looked lost. What was the difference? I, I didn't think he looked lost in the first game. Uh, I thought he, he didn't catch the ball as well. So partly, partially that's probably better defense from Portland. I think he's working really, really hard on how uh, to get going and uh, or how to get himself open, and I think we're seeing that. But I, I didn't think he looked lost in game uh, one at all, and I thought his box score line kind of showed that. Uh, Josh Edwards, does Joe Johnson seem a bit sluggish? Yep. Absolutely. Not concerned at all. 36 years old, 41,000 minutes. Why would he exert any energy in the preseason? He knows how to get himself ready. He's the ultimate pro. He works out tremendously. Uh, he's probably trying to figure out where he is and, and who he is and how he fits into this team, which I would say um, is probably a uh, a real issue for him. Just That's the one issue, but being ready and 
scoring. And no, I, I think he he's fine. The, we're playing him a lot at the three. I still think he's probably going to play some four. And then what gets interesting there is how do we manage the minutes? So that that's where I think it's coming. Uh, Robert Halliday, best lineup to close games. This is going to be the question of the season, I think. Uh, and I think it's going to change game to game. Truly, game to game. Uh, and if you're ahead or you're behind, you might play it differently. He says Hill, Hayward, Johnson, Lyles favors. I don't know. Are you If you're ahead, don't you want Gobert on the floor to prevent them from scoring? Uh, no Rodney Hood in that lineup? Who says it's not Hill, Hood, Hayward, Johnson in favors? Or Hill, Hayward, Hood, Johnson, and Gobert? I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Jason also said the effort last night's much better. No, the team was terrible. Can't, really, don't worry about – please don't worry about effort in the preseason. Um, I did accidentally hit the uh, pause button, they said, and at the 12.56 mark and no video, and I couldn't get it back. So, yes, that is um, – uh, let's see. What pros do I see having more players? Not sure. Not sure I understood that entirely. Um, so, anyway, send it. let's see if we can get some more questions uh, coming in. Uh, how is our bench going to defend? Well, last night they defended very, very well. The I do think it'll be – right now, you know, you're, remember right now you're playing guys 22, 23, 24 minutes. So when we suddenly amp up Rudy to 34 and Derek to 34, then some of those minutes are coming with uh, – the, you know, the, that's the center minute. So let's say Rudy's playing 32, then Derek's playing 16 of his minutes at center and 16 of his minutes probably at power forward eat with Rudy. And, and then you're better, de- then you're pretty good defensive group. And so then you have Favors playing with Diaw. Uh, Boris is, is not a, a shot blocking defender, but you saw a few times last night where he just holds verticality, plays his position. Uh, and you also saw a few times last night where they finished over the top of him. Um, so that's. Uh, but but I think you know you're not going to be as good defensively with out Rudy and Derek on the floor. I I think this is I've said numerous times. I think this gets to be a pretty interesting kind of mix for this team this year. Is the different lineups they can have that are offensive versus defense and how uh, they interact uh, with those. Uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network is out there for you, and Lockdown NBA with Kevin Pelt was up. As I mentioned, the Travion Graham feature, uh, story. There's a bunch of other shows. I'm now a small business owner. Like, I, I've started this company, and so I've got 66 podcasts that I've got to monitor and see what they're doing and how they're developing, and I've got to try to understand the data that's coming in, and I'm using Sherlock Intelligence uh, to do that. If you're a, a business owner or running a company and you need to understand data – Frankly, let's be honest. If I'm doing this and just doing it all in my Excel spreadsheet, I'm being negligent as a business owner to not try to give my guys the best chance. What days have the biggest audiences? If you post at this time, when? Does, these are the simple things I need. Your company probably needs more. And you know that all the big boys have major companies. Like if you walked into a bank recently, the minute they know you there, you're there, they've got a bunch of information on you. So if you're a smaller bank and mid-sized bank and you're trying to compete with Chase and the big boys, I mean, I walk into Chase – and I'm immediately, hey, by the way, have you talked and looked at our such and such, such and such? They know exactly who I am, my whole entire portfolio, just by me cashing a check. And so they, 
you know, that's what you're competing with is these big companies that are able to use the data. Well, Sherlock Intelligence is able to help you as a smaller, mid-major company to be able to capture your data, give it to you in a way you can visualize it, and then be able to analyze what's taking place uh, with that data. They really do a wonderful job. So they're taking in multiple sources, giving you the holistic picture of your data, then helping you see it in a way that will help you Build your profits, find patterns, and know your customers. It's Sherlock Intelligence, SherlockIntelligence.com. Give them a call at 855-339-7774. 855-339-7774. It's kind of a hard number to remember, so if you didn't just write it down right there, 855-339-7774. Feel free to email me. I'll get it to you. Let's go back to the questions. Uh, would the Jazz ever play big with Gobert, Favor, Lyles, Hayward, and Exum? I don't think Trey plays the three. I, I, I just don't see that happening. I haven't seen him run it in a single practice. Um, I, I, they see him as a playmaking four. He was terrific at it last night. His skill set is just awesome. It's fun to just talk to him after the game. He's just grown up so much. It's so impressive to see. How are the Jazz going to use Marcus Page uh, is he going to have a role on the team? Yeah, he's going to go to the D-League, play for the Salt Lake Stars. Uh, you know, he played well the other night, but I certainly see with four point guards already on the roster, there's virtually no chance uh, for him uh, to make this team. So he'll go to the D-League, Salt Lake Stars. Tickets are available, by the way, to Salt Lake Stars. I think they're cheap. I think they're like five bucks to get in. It's going to be great. Uh, Favors is looking dominant. Is it going to be... Because some scary matchup for other teams if they try and play small. If the small ball trend continues, is this going to affect uh, Quinn's ability to have Gobert or favors? Um, I, I'm nervous to push buttons and pause broadcast and lose them again. I, uh, you know, favors is looks great, and the problem is favors is going to have to be able to defend out on the perimeter. You know, if Derek. Derek's got to be able to get out on the floor and defend the perimeter. Mo Harkless hit those two threes over Derek's when they went small to open up that third quarter in Portland. And so for Derek to be able to be as dominant as he can be, and he does look great, and he was really quite good. I mean, I mentioned Dan Clayton wrote that article at Salt City Hoops that about he's just much better than we realized the other night, uh, the other day. It's worth reading. He, he's just terrific, and he looks great. The sore knee kept him out last night. Hopefully that's not going to be a lingering uh, issue along the way. Uh, Mark Wood, who is losing minutes when we decide that Trey needs to be on the floor more? We've got 10 guys who can play. It's going to be really interesting. Can Boris and Trey play together? If they can't, then Boris starts to lose some minutes. Uh, if Trey Lyles is so good that then Joe Johnson doesn't play a lot of four, then Joe Johnson loses some minutes. If Joe Johnson's wanting to play some four and Trey's playing some four, then I actually uh, then I think it slides down. You know, it has a rev- you know then Trey then then Trey or Joe loses some minutes um, in there. If Dante doesn't play, isn't playing uh, or doesn't isn't quite ready yet, then we we're playing more. Uh, either Shelvin or we're playing back, you know, then Joe's got to play some three. So, you know, Dante's playing well and George Hill needs to play some two. It all slides. It's going to be in, it's going to be, it's going to be the story of the season. Uh, and I think it's going to be a story also of, you know, how the team deals with this. I think more than anything else, how bothered did Booker Bledsoe look against Exum Hill? I thought we really saw George Hill's length last night. And I thought Dante did a, a really good job on Devin Booker as well. 
Uh, I I thought those the defense showed last night. Uh, you know, Phoenix never got their effective field goal percentage up over about forty three percent. I I thought it really really showed last night. I thought Dante showed his lateral quickness against Booker fabulously, um, and I, I I really thought uh, George Hill's length bothered uh, Bledsoe a little bit. Justin Brown wants to know, is Joe Johnson the new Josh Howard? God, please, please, two preseason games by a 36-year-old who doesn't care about him and shouldn't. Uh, do you see the Jazz improve the Jazz? Do you see the Jazz improve entry passes from Wes Jenkins? This is a super question. Uh, the Jazz right now, one of the problems is Favors goes into the post or Joe Johnson goes to the post. The Jazz are doing a terrible job of getting the ball into the post. I mean, even Trey Lyles yesterday kind of adjusted his angle like you're supposed to and then just did a off and then threw a bad pass. This is probably where the lack of post play in high school and college impacts these guys. They haven't done it very often. It's not an easy pass to make. Uh, there really is an art to a good entry pass. No, the Jazz are not good at the entry pass, and it's taking them so much time. It's kind of stymieing who they are uh, as a team as they get ready uh, for these for these games. Uh, how is our bench? I answered that. Uh, well, you always talk about the good in George Hill. What are the negatives? He's not a great breakdown one-on-one guy. Um, he's not one who's going to kind of create. There was a moment in the game the other night where you kind of, he, if he had a, some other ass, he might have broken down someone and beat him. That's not really his game. Um, he's had, I think he's had a little bit of an issue staying healthy at times, uh, but not, not Mo Williams-like. Um, I'd have to check. I know it two years ago he got banged up a little bit, and I think he missed seven or eight games. He missed one last year to have a baby. So uh, he played 74 games last year, 43, 76, 76. So, you know, that's a pretty reasonable amount. Um, but he's, you know, he is he's a good defensive, strong shooting. When he gets the ball and things to shoot, he's a good leader. He, Ron Boone was telling, talking about how he show, showed some leadership in practice the other day, kind of stopping things and, and instructing guys on how to, how to get things done. So uh, I think there's a lot of, there, you know, he, probably just not, you know, a bona fide breakdown. Uh, guy in a lot of ways. All right, that is our Facebook Live edition. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll do this every Thursday. Uh, Certainly appreciate uh, you taking the time. Thanks to our friends at Shamrock Auto Group out in Pleasant Grove at 203 North, 2000 West in Pleasant Grove. Our thanks to Sherlock Intelligence, 855-339-7774. Certainly glad to have uh, both of them involved with the program. If you would like to advertise, we are sold out till November, but you can give me an email and we can try to fit you in after that at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. Make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Some interesting uh, pieces around. Um, Really, every team's got a show now in the NBA except for the Raptors and Wizards. We hope to have those done, and every team in the NFL has a show. So get your team and follow them. It's Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.